Storehouse Dallas. Is everybody enjoying the Song of Solomon series? Man, I was I was with Matthew. We could have kept going in that worship. That was amazing. Thank you guys. Um, oh, I just want to recognize the, if you're a worship leader on a set or a play on a set, not as a worship leader, but as a musician slash singer, would you stand up? That's you, Shana. That's you. Look at all these guys. Trey, Kafui. Yeah. These guys are keeping fire on the altar most nights of the week. And hopefully one day that will grow to 24-7. If I could just convince Luke to, to just to come, he could start the 24-7 revolution. I'm just kidding, Luke. Well, um, I just want to recap a little bit, but let me, let me pray again. I, I just want to pray. And let me start my timer, too. Um, because I'm long-winded, and I don't want to be. Lord. Lord, we just, we just humbly come before you tonight. Jesus, you are seriously seated on a throne above all things. You are master of everything. Everything bows to you. You are the king, and you are seated, and you are secure, and your goal is to make us secure. Knowing that you are in love with us. And so, Jesus, we tonight, Lord, we just ask, Lord, that we will get that security in our hearts. Lord, that we will just receive from you tonight, Lord, the love that you want to show us and that you desire to show us and that you are longing to show us, Jesus. Amen. So last week, Lindsay took us um, on a little bit of a journey, well, a lot of a journey, pretty pretty quickly, but I just want to recap a couple of things from last week. So I made real short notes. Y'all might not have noticed my notes the last time. They were very, very long and in-depth. And um, But I made these notes more for you to follow me than for me to follow my own notes. I, I just want these to be kind of bullet-pointed. You can write on them if you'd like. But um, so... Last week, we saw that the Shulamite, she began to get a revelation of who she was, right? She began to understand that the king, which is King Solomon, she began to understand that he actually liked her. Can you imagine the king, Solomon, in all his splendor and all his glory is driving down the road, and he sees you, and you catch his attention, and your ideas are, man, that'll never happen, and all of a sudden, he's completely enamored by you, and she starts to believe it, so last week, she started to believe it in chapter two, so towards the end of that chapter, she's really beginning to understand who he is, 
and understand that her, his love for her is, is real. And so he's just pouring, you know, affection and affection and affection, love, love, love into her. And he comes to her in the middle of the night. And he's like, come on, let's go. Let's go up to the mountains like Bethany was singing, leaping on the mountains. Let's go to this place. Let's go higher. Let's go to the places where I'm at. You know, we're down here in, in, in your world, but I'm going to take you up to my world. Right? So he is saying, come on with me. I want to take you to my place. I want, you to, I want to take you to mountaintops. And so that little love that, that she was beginning to understand and, f- and feel, she's, she was really comfortable, right? And she's like, you know, I'm, I don't think so. I'm not ready to go with you yet. And she says to him, go. Just go away. Right? And so that's where we left it off last week. And so this Shulamite is in this place now where she's beginning, beginning to recognize what she's done. So we're just going to, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. This is like the most amazing translation ever. I love this book, or this Bible, this Bible book, this book in the Bible. There we go. So we're going to read in chapter 3, and uh, Chris is going to have it up on the screens too. So, verse 1. Uh, let me give you a couple of themes first, okay? The overarching first part of this book is about the dark night of the soul. It's about the time when you feel completely distanced from everything, your life is just not going according to plan, you're hurting around every corner, you can't feel his presence, you can't feel his affection, everything is not a glass ceiling but a concrete ceiling, and he's just not there. The second part of this book is the marriage carriage. Getting a revelation of him coming towards her. So it's a, it's a, it's a really cool chapter. It's only 11 verses. But we're just going to read it. And I want you to keep those themes in mind. All right, here we go. Night after night, I'm tossing and turning on my bed of travail. Why did I let him go from me? How my heart aches for him but he is nowhere to be found. So there was, a, there was a, about a four-month period where I had insomnia. It was the craziest thing. Um, Lindsay and I had just got married, and it was like everything had kind of taken a, a turn. It was the craziest story for us to even get married. She actually said yes, and it was a miracle in itself. <laughs> But uh, that's a story for another. That's like chapter eight. We'll get there. Um, But yeah, so I had insomnia for four months. And when it first started, you know, you can get through a few days of insomnia. You You can get through a few days of it. 
But uh, about two months in, I honestly thought I was going crazy. I was the associate director here, and um, I honestly thought I was going out of my mind. And every night, I would just, I would try to go to sleep, and I would just toss and turn and toss and turn, and I couldn't sleep, and just night after night, night after night, night after night, and it was like, and I was crying out to God. I was like, why in the world am I feeling this way? Because this is not normal. How come I can't sleep? How come I can't get any rest? And it was just, it was just hard. And so three or four months in, Lindsay comes home one day from work. She, she was close to our house at the time and she came home from work and I'm sleeping. It's like one o'clock in the afternoon and she's like fed up and so she calls a fast. She calls the hatch hold fast. And so we were at the building next door. And she, so she fasted that day, and I fasted that day. And I walk out um, from a prayer set into the lobby. And I see this lady in the corner, and I'm like, I don't want to talk to this lady, but because I am not feeling good and I'm sure certainly not, you know, in a good mood right now. Um, and, but I, you know, put on the pastor hat and I walk over to her and I said, hi, how are you doing? She introduces herself to me. She said, my, yeah, my clinic's right around the corner. I was coming cause they were having some women's event tonight. And I said, your clinic. I said, well, what's your clinic? And she's like, well, I'm a sleep doctor. And I started tearing up because immediately the Lord met us. He answered that prayer immediately. And those seasons where we're just in the nighttime and we're wrestling, all we need to do is start to move and do things his way. So she was on night after night, tossing and turning on her bed of travail. Why did I let him go from me? How my heart aches for him, but he is nowhere to be found. It's exactly how I felt. So I must rise and search for him looking throughout the city. So she just, she gets out of that place, that funk, like what was happening with me. We just said, we're going to go deal with this. We're going to go find him. We're going to find a plan. We're going to go out and do something different. We're going to go into the city Right, that, that place of, of commerce, you know, that, that, that place where things are happening and, and that, that, that place where there's people and there's, there's movement and there's things, there's plays, there's movies, there's the, the city. So she decides that she's going to go into the city and start looking everywhere for him. So she's looking, um, who knows where she's looking? There's, it's, it's in the middle of the night, Right? in the middle of the night, in the city. Imagine walking in the middle of New York City at three o'clock in the morning. And you're looking for a person. So she's going throughout the entire um, city and she's going down every street, down the pathways, right? The, the, the familiar places where she knows she's seen him before. Right, And she's going down those pathways, and she comes upon these watchmen, right? these overseers of the city. And, and she's like, have you seen the one I love? 
Have you seen him? And she, and, 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 and she doesn't even wait to hear from them because she's so like desperate to get to him. She realizes from chapter two and chapter one, she realizes from those times that he loves her and he's the only one that can love her the right way, period. Jesus is the only one that can love us the right way. I cannot love Lindsay the right way, but Jesus in me can love Lindsay the right way. Side note. So she's, she's like searching the city. She's, who knows what she's coming across when she's out there. In the night, things are, things are, are, are dark in the night, right? There's, there's the things that you don't want to see in the city in the night. And so she's out there desperate to find him. And so she's searching and searching and searching through the city. And like I said, she's going down those familiar streets. She's going to go through every single street until she finds him. And she runs across the watchmen. And she doesn't even listen to them. And boom, she finds him. Let's go there. Just as I moved past them, that's the watchman, that's the overseers. Just as I moved past them, I encountered him. I found the one I adore. I caught him and fastened myself to him, refusing to be feeble in my heart again. Now I'll bring him back to the temple within, where I was given new birth, into my innermost parts, the place of my conceiving. So I, I want to take like a step back and I want us to get like a real revelation of this. This season sometimes takes a long time. This dark night. So it wasn't like a day for me that I had insomnia. It was four months and I had to get to this place, and Lindsay had to get to this place where it was so desperate that all we could do was come into agreement and just trust that God was going to do something. And I, I want you to know that whatever you're going through right now, like Tracy said on Sunday, feel it. Go through it. Feel it so that you can have empathy and compassion for others, for one. But more than that, so that you can feel his heart. He hung on a tree. That was three days but he lived 33 years knowing that that was going to happen. And so he wants us to feel, to have feelings. He wants us to experience his depths of his emotions and of how he, how he feels about things. And so this dark night, you might be in the dark night. 
It might be like, Lord, where are you? Where are you? You might be there right now. Just feel it. Recognize it. Get up and start searching for him. Okay? Because when you get desperate enough to start searching for him and you get desperate enough to get out of your bed, out of your comfort zone, out of that place where you've, you know, you've taken a shower and you've, you've, you know, everything is like perfect. When you get up out of that and you start seeking him in the city, seeking him in the streets, you're going to run into the watchman, but it's pretty soon you're going to find him. You're going to find him and you're going to grab onto him. Notice like in this whole thing, he's not even saying a word. Right? He's just him. Consistent, the same. Up here, our mentality's down here. His thoughts are above ours. Ours are way down here. And he's just there. Where did he, where, I was like, where did he come from? She found him. Where, where, where was he? I was like, well, what's he doing out at three o'clock in the morning? You know, but he's there when we need him. If we'll go and we'll seek after him, we can find him. All right. So it's a desperate, desperate, desperate search. Let me ask you guys a question. A hands raised high. How many of you, including myself, are really desperately seeking the voice and the hand of God for everything in your life? Everything. Every single thing. And if you didn't raise your hand, no condemnation. But you need to ask yourself, why are you lying in your bed still? Why are you comfortable? He's like calling us to the mountains. He's like, come up here. I have things that I want to show you. Revelation chapter 4. Come up, come up here. I want to show you things. He, we, he seats us with him in heavenly places. He wants us to come and sit there in these places. That's where he wants us to be. But yet, we get in our beds, turn the lights down. We get real cozy and comfortable, and pretty soon we're asleep. And what we're doing is life's passing us by. And that one... All of a sudden, we don't feel his affections anymore. And we wonder why. We don't feel like his presence anymore. And we're like, what? what where did he go? I have something really good written down here, I think. Three C. When she pushed the king away, he obliges, right? It leaves her feeling vulnerable. There's supposed to be a period there. He removes the manifestation of his love from her, either because she no longer, she was no longer seeking him diligently, or because she had abused his favor. 
So she catches him. You've caught him. I just want you to, 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 to feel this place. I don't want you to feel bad when you leave here because we're, we're going to talk about some fun stuff. But I want you to feel this place. I want you to ask yourself, in what area of my life am I in this place? Am I in this dark night of the soul in my health? In my relationship with the Lord? Am I in this dark night of the soul when it comes to my finances? Am I in this dark night of the soul when it comes to uh, my relationships with others? How come Luke and I aren't connecting, right? How come Matthew and I aren't connecting? How come Jesus and I aren't connecting? And usually it has to do with sin. The little foxes that we talked about in chapter 2. And you know, what does he say? He says to her, and I love it in the, the, the Passion Translation, but he says, you know, let, let's, why don't you go ahead and deal with these things? Why don't you deal with these little foxes? And you know what? I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you deal with these. So, feel it. Is that okay for me to say? Is everybody... All right. Okay. All right. So she latches on to him, man. Praise the Lord. She finds him in the middle of the night. She finds her beloved. She wraps her arms around him and she's like, I am never, ever, ever going to let this guy go. There is nothing that anybody can ever do to make me let this guy go. He is the king, he loves me, and I'm going to take him right now to my mom's house. I'm going to take him to the house where I was conceived. I'm taking him to that place where he can really know who I fully am. I'm taking him to the place of my birth. I want him to see who, how I grew up, how I lived, who, where I'm from. I want him to see everything about me. I want him to know me fully, right? So she takes him to that place, and she just latches onto him. Okay, that's where she's at. She got the revelation of latching onto God, of not letting him go, and realizing that she was going to have to bear herself completely so that he, so that, so that there could be a real true intimacy between the two. Okay? All right. So, let's go to Song of Solomon 3, 6. We're going to go through 6 through 10. All right, I'm going to read this. I, I'm, I'm, it, it's going to be up there with the Passion but I'm going to read it out of New King James because I love it. It says, Who is this coming out of the wilderness like pillars of smoke, perfumed with myrrh and frankincense, with all the merchants' fragrant powders? Behold, it's Solomon's couch with 60 valiant men around it of the valiant of Israel, 
They all hold swords, being experts in war. Every man has a sword on his thigh because of the fear in the night. Of the wood of Lebanon, Solomon the king made himself a palaquin. He made its pillars of silver, its support of gold, its seat of purple, its inner uh, interior paved with love by the daughters of Jerusalem. Go forth, O daughters of Zion, and see King Solomon with the crown with which his mother crowned him on the day of his wedding. Who is this? All right, so... The scene's changed, right? She's holding on to him. The scene changes. We're in act two of the play now. And so all of a sudden, she's looking, or excuse me, somebody's looking. Uh, There's like, there's some debate on who is actually saying this right here, but He starts coming, and she does too, out of the wilderness, like a pillar of smoke. So you ever see, you know, you've you've seen those dramatic scenes in movies, right, where this is what I imagine, like the the king is coming over the, the mountain, and you can, like, you see a few men marching at first, right? And then all of a sudden, you start to see horses come over. Up, up, up the mountain, and all of a sudden, the crest of the carriage comes to the top of the mountain. You see all the flags around. Everybody, can, can you all picture this? All right, so he's coming out, right? He's coming out, and it's her, too. And she's riding in this carriage with him. Right? She's riding in this carriage and it smells of frankincense and myrrh. And we know that those are the burial spices that were wrapped in Jesus. Right? Mary broke this alabaster jar full of spices all over him. I put snooze. Um. And, and, and so the, the smell of what he's done and what he's going to do is arising. And she's riding in this carriage with him. And this is all around her, the smell of what he's done and what he's going to do for her. And 60 warriors are surrounding this. Man, each have a, th- a sword on their thigh, right? And these dudes are tough, it speaks to the angelic hosts that the Lord has. Right? These guys are experts in war. And so ain't nothing at all going to penetrate his love for her. There's nothing that Jesus' love is not going to penetrate for you. He's got, not only is he an amazing warrior, but he surrounds himself with warriors. And you're not getting through. If you're coming after him, you're not getting through. And that palaquin, right? He makes for himself a palaquin. It's like a couch, right? But it's really like the mercy seat. Everybody knew about the mercy seat and the tabernacle, right? 
in the temple, in the holy place. It's where the priest would splatter the blood on the mercy seat. Right? And as that priest did that, it was the atonement for sin. And yearly he would go in there not knowing if he would come out alive. But Jesus came and he sprinkled that mercy seat with his blood and gave us a way into intimacy, true intimacy with him. And that's also a place, the mercy seat, where he executes his justice and his mercy. So let's turn to Revelation 19, verse 6. So is, is everybody still following me? Everybody good? Yeah? Good? Getting something? Oh, you're receiving something. All right, good. I know it's, I know it's late. I'm two minutes and 49 seconds over, so give me, give me three more. All right. Okay. Guys. This whole life that we are living, this whole life that we are living, those of us who are dead in Christ, like some of my relatives, some of your relatives, some of your friends that have passed on, they're looking forward to this just as much as we're looking forward to this. But there is going to be a wedding There is going to be a wedding, and it is the day of the gladness of his heart. This wedding is what we are all preparing for. What we're doing here in the prayer room, what we're doing in our closets at our house, what we're doing as we teach the Song of Solomon and the book of Revelation and Tracy preaching and everything that goes on here is not so we can live some subpar life. It's not. We want to get up and go to the mountaintops with him. But it's all about a wedding. Your entire existence as a human being is about a wedding. Julie, the whole reason that you were born is so that you could attend the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's why you were born. You were born so that you could go and be a part of an eternal kingdom as the bride of Christ. That's why you're alive. He thought of you so he could be with you for eternity as a spouse. That's the whole reason you're alive. Are we still in our beds? Lindsay getting up. She's about to fall asleep. You know, I got, okay, I'm putting a whole comma in here for one, one minute. Listen to this. I was at one thing like five years, 10 years ago. No, eight years ago. Seven, maybe seven. <laughs> and I'm there with Lindsay, her mom, her dad, her brother. And I, I'm like worshiping, man, this is awesome. And I look over. And her mom, her dad, uh, Lindsay, 
and her brother are all asleep. I'm like, oh my goodness. It was the funniest. I took a picture of it. It's so funny. It was so, they, and they all had the same look on their face. It was so funny. Okay, so Revelation 19.6. It's about a wedding. It's about a wedding. Kafui, it's about a wedding. Rick, it's about a wedding. Terry, it's about a wedding. Asa and Mallory, it's about a wedding. Really soon. Okay, it's about a wedding. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, as the sound of many waters, and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready." And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant. And of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus... Uh, worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now I saw coming out of the wilderness. Now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat on that horse was called faithful and true coming out of the wilderness. Faithful and true. Golly. And in the righteous in and in righteousness he judges and makes war. He's got his angels around him. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were the were many crowns, and his and he had a name written that no one knew except himself, and he was clothed with a robe dripped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, the 60 valiant warriors, the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on the white horses. That's you guys. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword which he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule with them a rod of iron. He himself treads the wine press, press of the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. This is who's coming out of the wilderness. This is the carriage that he's bringing. He's bringing himself and he's making you into whitewashed saints. And if you spend your time in your bed, your heart is not going to get what it needs to have a real life. You got to get up out of your bed. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. You got to get up out of your bed and start seeking the Lord while he may be found. Like Tracy was talking about the foolish and the wise virgins. 
Are you encouraged? (laughs) Because the dark night is not the end of the story. The end of the story is the bride has made herself ready. And the end of Song of Solomon, which we will get there, she has a seal upon her arm right? And she knows who she is, and she rules and reigns with him. And the people who don't, don't, didn't know her or knew her don't recognize her anymore. She has changed. And guys, I see this in you. There's so many that I'm just like watching, and I'm seeing this change. And I'm like, praise God. This is incredible what's happening. And so I just want to I just want to bless you tonight but I want to leave you with this. Are you preparing yourself? Are you getting out of your, any complacency? I want you to ask yourself, Lord, where are the places of complacency? Where are the places that the little foxes have just dug in and I'm just you know what? I know you love me, but I'm really not willing to deal with it. I know you love me, but you know, it's so comfortable here. And you know what? It's not, there's not too much pain, but she tossed and turned because she knew how much he loved her. He loves you, Taylor. Taylor, he loves you. Kelton, he loves you. Anne-Marie, golly, he loves you. And and he's like, come up here, come up here, come up here, come up here, come up here. And Noah said the coolest thing last night. It's like that little kid that wants to help his dad wash the car. This is Noah. I'm giving him credit for this. The little kid's washing the car, and, you know, he's, he's he's real tiny, and he's washing the car, and... You know, he's got his little scrubber in his hand and he's pretty much scratching this one little area of the car while his dad out there cleaning the whole thing. He's just cleaning and cleaning and cleaning. And the little kid steps back and he's like, look at what I've done. You know, look at what I've done. And that's what he'll do is if we just step, he's there in the city. If we just step in, he's in the city. We're going to find him. And he's going to start making all things new. And he's going to give us a revelation of the marriage. He's going to give us a revelation of him coming out of the wilderness, bringing you out of the wilderness in his mercy, in his frankincense, in his death. He's brought you out of the wilderness in his death. He's brought you out of the wilderness and he surrounded you with angelic help. He surrounded you with the spirit of prayer. So I'm going to pray. I hope that was exciting because chapter four is even better. Jesus, we love you. And I'm going to just ask if, if you just want to just receive from the Lord. 
I just encourage you just just to come up here. I don't I don't think we're gonna do any any ministry because I think the Lord just wants to. If you just if you feel like you're in a season where you're ready to lay aside some things and get off your bed, why don't you just why don't you come up here? And I'm up here and just receive from Him. So Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, we receive from you tonight. Lord, we receive. We receive your goodness, Jesus. We receive your mercy, Lord. We receive your blood, Jesus. We receive what you did for us at the cross, God. We can smell you. Jesus, I I ask God that you will just give us, Lord, just the impetus in our spirit to get out of the bed to go and to seek you until we find you and where we can't hold on any longer. Jesus, would you do that for us? Would you just wake us up, God? Would you let our hearts not be content, but let us wrestle in the night. Let us wrestle, Lord, until we realize, Lord, that it's only you that we need. Lord, just wake us up, pull us up, pull us out. Lord, I just ask that you will give us a revelation of the marriage supper of the Lamb, the revelation of us dancing with our King at our wedding. Lord, dancing with you for eternity. Lord, the table spread. The Father giving the toast. to his son and to his bride. You say that you present to yourself a bride. And Jesus, we just we we just need Lord a revelation of the marriage. Lord that it's on the way that it's coming, that it's the place. And so Father, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you for every person here tonight that's willing to go through this book willing to go through this book, God, and to discover more about you and intimacy with you. So Jesus, we just bless you. Amen. Storehouse Dallas.